no fucking clue the level of pain like that was like you can't study that you can't read that in a book that is like an experience that you have and then you're like oh my god this is what this is Alrighty, guys, welcome back to another episode of Grief Uncensored. I'm Yako. And I'm Julia. Your grief is your own and no one can tell you what to do with it. But we're glad that you're here and that you found us. Be sure to follow us on Instagram where we do a feature your loved one series where you can send in a caption and a photo of your loved one and we post it in honor of them. We also have a Facebook page. You can go like us there and a Facebook group that's open to all other grieving young adults where we can all unleash our trauma and experiences in a group full of other people who can relate. We also have a TikTok where we post all of our unhinged grief thoughts and a new Twitter. We also have a YouTube video version of our podcast for all of our visual people. Yes. And the link to all of the things that we just mentioned is in our Instagram bio. All right, you guys. So with all that said, this week we have a new guest, yet another guest, Hannah Normando. She's 26 years old and she has a counseling background, which gives her a very unique perspective because she's usually on the other side, usually helping other people through a hard time. Um, But she's here to talk to us about compounded or cumulative grief. And she's going to talk about her experience having lost her dad, her grandfather, and her grandmother, all within a very short amount of time. So compounded grief, also known as cumulative grief, is a pile-on effect of grief or grief overload, also has been called bereavement overload. It means losing a loved one and then another loved one or maybe a relationship and a job and a pet all around the same time. Any type of loss that causes grief and there's several of them at the same time it doesn't have to be a person but this week we are talking about several people those are the types of grief that can cause bereavement overload where you have so many losses at once nonetheless no matter who or what it was it is a big pile of grief and it's a lot to deal with yes so without further ado you guys let's welcome hannah on and give her a little round of applause. Hey, hey Hannah. Hi, guys. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Thank you for joining us and sharing with us your story. Thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, like, honestly, you guys, your podcast was, like, so helpful for me. Like, I found it right off, and I've been, like, listening to it throughout, and I just feel like you've, like, been with me through the whole thing, so it's really cool to, like, come full circle and be on here now, so. Aw. That's really sweet. (laughs) Yeah, we're honestly so glad that we were able to be a part of your process and your grieving journey, you know, and also you were on you were witnessing ours too because Mm -hmm. you know this whole time we're kind of documenting our grief journey too so you're just as much as a part of our journey too yeah that's really true (laughs) so as we said in the intro hannah is going to be talking to us about her experience with compounded grief so honestly hannah you can just take the floor and we'd love to hear about your loved ones and your story yeah so um is actually coming up on a year that my dad passed um October 22nd so in a few weeks um so he actually 
passed away from COVID. Um, so uh, last fall, he was exposed. Um, and like, actually, a lot of my family was, but they were all fine. Um, and he had it for like a week and really wasn't getting better. Things were getting worse. So um, they ended up bringing him to the hospital. Um, and it was like kind of up and down while he was in the hospital. So he was there for like a little over a week, I think. But the whole time, it was just like super stressful for my family and I because like obviously with COVID um, and if anyone, you know, has experienced this with someone like a family member having COVID, like that was serious enough to be admitted to the hospital. Like you can't visit them. You can't really be in contact with them as much. So that was like really tough as not being able to like see him or really talk to him even. And of course, like I was in North Carolina, I was in Raleigh working down there. Um, and like my parents and my younger brother are from upstate New York. So it was like, it's a 15 hour drive. It's not, yeah. not something that can just be like, mm -hmm. okay, like I'll be right there. You know, usually it's like a flight and, or driving is like two days. So, um, so it was tough being away. I had, I the oldest of five. So all of my siblings and I were kind of like spread out across the country. Like I had a brother in Colorado um, my other brother was like in New York, but still like five hours away. My sister was like a couple hours um, away. So during this whole week, we were all like, you know, very much in contact, just trying to keep up to date with like how he was doing. But basically, like I said, things were going up and down. But and we thought like, you know, this is just kind of how it goes. But like he'll turn the corner, like things will be OK. It's just going to be rough for a little bit, like a long recovery, probably just like mm -hmm. You know, we had heard so many people before, but uh, he wasn't actually able to talk much either, which was really hard because he was, you know, like in the lungs and it was like he was just out of breath a lot and like had all these like machines hooked up. So I was able to only FaceTime with him like once during that whole time. Wow. Um, so basically what happened was I and this was such a weird thing, but like I'm so thankful like this happened, this random thing. So I fell asleep one night with my phone in my bed, which I never do. And I like must have rolled over in the middle of the night and like knocked off my bed, which woke me up. And I'm like a super deep sleeper. So like it would take like something like that, like a really loud noise to wake me up. And I was like, like all out of it. And I got my phone and I noticed I had like a bunch of missed calls from my mom. So like didn't hear the calls, but thankfully, like I did wake up to that, like it falling mm -hmm. off my bed. So this like one in the morning called my mom and she's like, yeah, your dad's being like airlifted to another hospital, like a bigger hospital, a couple hours away. Like awesome. something happened that they didn't tell me I've got to call them back in a little bit when he gets there. And I was like, okay, do you want me to call like the boys, like my brothers, mm -hmm. let them know. So she called the people. So we kind of did that. Um, but not like something, anything like super serious. It was just kind of like, okay, like this is happening, but, and then uh, she calls me back and is like panicked and is like, yeah, so um, he didn't, they couldn't even airlift him. Like that he can't, like they couldn't even get him like away. They can't stabilize him. He's coded three times. And my mom's a nurse. So she, she was like, this is not good. Like people don't come back from this. And I was kind of like, I don't know. I wanted to shock or something, but I was like, no, it's fine. Mm -hmm. Like, I think 
you know, it like whatever, it'll be okay. Oh so I'm like calling my brothers and like all this stuff. And um, yeah, I I was living with my best friend and her boyfriend, like we're all friends at the time. Um, and I like knock on the door and I'm like, like, I think my dad's dying. Like I was like, I don't know what's happening. So they came in my bedroom with me and like, I'm on FaceTime. My mom's at the hot, like they thankfully let her and my sister into the hospital, mm-hmm. even though like COVID is like, definitely an exception. Um, so like I'm on FaceTime with like my aunt or like, it's like a whole mess. And like, my brothers are like on the phone and you're you know, like, we're in that like weird family room thing where they're like, they just put yeah. you to wait while they like try to figure out what's going on. And they came out and they're like, yeah, we've, we've tried for like two hours to like resuscitate. So they asked my mom, like what she wanted to do. Like they're like, it's up to you. And she's like, I can't make that decision. Like, why are you putting that on me? Mm -hmm. And we're all like hysterical at this point. So, um, so they tried again, but it was like, it just wasn't so. So you were in North Carolina at this time and you're experiencing all of this on FaceTime. Mm-hmm. And then were any of your siblings able to be there at the same hospital as your dad and where your mom was? My sister was, yeah. Okay, your sister was. Yeah, because she was the one that was like an hour and a half away. So like she was able to drive and get there, but the rest of us were too far. So, yeah. And um, you didn't expect this to happen. No, yeah. I mean, if we had any indication, like we all would have like come home immediately. Like if we had thought, you know, yeah. something like this was going to happen. So basically like they brought us all into the room with him and it was just like. To have to do this over FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> it's cruel. Yeah. I literally put myself on mute and I was like screaming, like crying, screaming. Mm-hmm. Like I know that one. I think I blacked out, honestly. Like yep. I didn't even like recognize myself. And I think I traumatized my friends because they were sitting on the floor with me as I'm like losing it. Yeah. Um I relate to that a hundred percent. Yep. It's awful. Um so that's how that all went down. Um and then it was, I don't know, I would think I was like in shock for sure. And I immediately like packed a bag. It was a Friday morning, packed a bag and I just started driving. Like, I just was like, I need to be home like now, which Shit. looking back, I was like, I don't know if I should have like <laughs> been just, driving by myself in that state, but right. it was just kind I, of like a one track yeah, line. Yeah. It was like a, uh, I forget, I forget what I was going to say, but I mean, it was just like a decision that you made from like your like it was just like a panic and go like it wasn't no thoughts you know you just do it because that's what you think you should do yeah yeah honestly like I didn't I think I was just like going through the motions like I wasn't like really present so mm-hmm. yeah so if your mom was on FaceTime with you were your brothers able to be on FaceTime too no so Today. they don't have iPhones so they were like on a well they were on a call like Okay. So my aunt had one of them on the phone. Another aunt had another one on the phone. Oh my so God. my dad's two of his sisters were able to be at the hospital as well. Okay. So, but yeah, I was. Holy shit. So they let people in the room with him at the end. 
Yep. Yep. So they took him off. I mean, he was like intubated and like, it was like, it, honestly, it was like a disaster yeah, in the room. Because, yeah. Yeah. So it's they not had like, like a, a, not, a, you know, in the movies where you're holding their hand, like you see their face and you're like, bye dad. It's like, no, it's like all these yeah heavy machinery like of them trying to like resuscitate your dad also when when you said like it's up to your mom like what does that even mean like to keep trying or to like, yeah put him i guess they were trying to ask her like what the, the next move is like you know yeah that's so fucked up so yeah they asked her and then they were like at this point even if we keep trying like why are you even asking like he's know? been he's been without oxygen to his brain for so long like if if they even are able to like get something back like he's probably brain dead oh my and so horrible i know that's such a horrible statement Mm -hmm. and (laughs) a lot of just the reoccurring theme with like the stories that i hear about like a loss in a medical field is Mm -hmm. like such a bad yeah, they're uh, never <laughs> communication from like uh-huh. the, the medical side to the patients. Like there's always such a bad big disconnect there. Yeah, just the worst ways to say things and ask. And the timing of that, like what the fuck? I almost want to punch that guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was I mean don't we assume that the doctor was male, Yaka. Yeah. Actually, it was a female. <laughs> oh my god, all right. <laughs> Well, that's why you don't assume. <laughs> but yeah, still, the point stands. Delivery was not good Yeah. Um, of that. So yeah, that was really traumatic. And like, that was like the first loss I had ever experienced. Like, I, you know, like all my grandparents at that point were still alive. Like, mm-hmm. literally, I had never experienced any loss. So that was the first one. And it was like super traumatic, unexpected. And I was like, what the fuck? And yeah. also not to mention if all your grandparents are still alive, that means that they lost their child mm-hmm. before they yeah. pass. And that's like such a heartbreak. Inhumane. Yeah. No one's like the one thing that you shouldn't have to endure is watching your child. Yeah. Having to bury your own child is just mm-hmm. not something that's not supposed to be the path of human nature. No, it's not supposed to be the circle of life. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, that was happened with my dad. And um so his parents were both 90 at the time. He was the youngest. He was like in his 50s. Mm. So he passed uh, in October. And basically, I mean, after that, they they were both like, you know, pretty good health. They were living on their own. But after that, they both went completely downhill, like immediately, which obviously, I don't know how you're 90 years old. You just lose like your baby. You know, yeah. he was like the youngest and. So yeah, my, they're my grandparents, but I call them Nani and Papa. It's like a, I don't know, that's what she's going to do. But so my Papa ended up passing away like six months after. So it was like my dad and then not a lot of time. And then my Papa and then two months after him, my Nani. So oh my within like an eight month period, it was like three major losses mm-hmm. and it was all my dad's family like it was very concentrated on like one side so it it felt like even more like it just layers on it and it is 
weird because like having my dad as my first like loss that I've experienced was like super traumatic and like unexpected he was young like yeah like this is not supposed to happen right but then with my grandparents his parents it was like you know they were 90 they both passed very peacefully in their own homes they had their family surrounding them it was like you know very I don't know I mean it's still obviously sad when anyone dies but it was a very different experience right of death so when you're when you have people pass who are 90 it's like feels more like a natural ending of the life cycle so it's like not surrounded with all of these other you know trauma and secondary losses like how it is to lose someone way too young yeah yeah it was definitely like a different experience but I also like I was gone for all of it I was in Raleigh for like my dad and my papa passed and then actually my nanny passed like a few months ago I was out in Denver and I was supposed to be there I went like on a road trip with a friend out there they're moving out there and I was supposed to be there for like a week and like a few days into me being there she passed away so I flew my back God. early and so it was a whole thing but yeah I definitely felt like guilty not being there for literally all of it mm-hmm. <laughs> um because well part of it too is like so my brother ended up actually moving back after my dad passed. So he was able to be there for my grandparents and like be there for the family and everything. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't do that with my job. So mm-hmm. I stayed in Raleigh and yeah, all the loss kept coming. So like, yeah, did not stop. <laughs> yeah. And the guilt just keeps piling on because you're kind of like, why didn't I just go home? Yeah. After each time you're like, why didn't I just go home? But at the same time, like you said, like you're, you have other responsibilities, including your job and that is not your fault, you know, and that is really unfortunate the way everything went down. But I just wanted to say that because it is really not your fault. It's so mm-hmm. out of your control. Yeah. How did you yeah. like deal with the feelings of like overwhelm when like, you know, like you said, you were still working in Raleigh. Um, I don't know. I guess this is a loaded question, but like you go back to work after your loss of your dad and then the losses just keep coming as time goes on. How did you react to all these things? Like, how did it look like in your daily life? Um, so like after my dad passed, I did take two weeks. I had, I was my first year at that job. So I had no time built up. I was at a Fucked school up. in the South. They don't really have like unions <laughs> for, their, for their teachers and their staff. So mm-hmm. like the time off was just like not great. So I ended up taking just a bunch of like unpaid days because it was like that loss. And then my papa and my not like it all just like added up and it was like yeah at that point but I think like knowing from my background I was like a little more aware of like okay this is what it might be like like there's gonna be waves there's gonna be like the initial shock and the denial like it's gonna kind of cushion some of that for you initially when there's like all this stuff to do when someone dies yeah right like no one talks about (laughs) like yeah just so much you just take like, care of yeah and you like kind of dissociate while you're handling all that shit because how else are you supposed to like 
fucking handle their closing their bank accounts and going through all their shit and stuff like that yeah. facing these family members and talking to them it's like you really have to dissociate or else it's, it's like yeah possible to survive honestly yeah so there was like some of that and then it was funny because like I knew like all like you know I studied it in college and I've supported students through that mm-hmm. um not like at a like an intense level like because usually young students would not would lose like a grandparent or right. like an aunt like I hadn't really helped students through like major direct loss like a parent or like a sibling or something but I did know like you know just some some of the things you would go through generally right. and uh, it's funny because I was like oh like I'm kind of like I'm kind of like handling this okay then months skip ahead to months later and I'm like oh I was in denial like I was <laughs> in shock yeah. like that's what that was mm-hmm. um so yeah so overall do you think your background in counseling like did prepare you in a way or not really overall like what was grief what you thought it was before you experienced it did it live up to everything that you learned or was it completely different than what you thought that's a good question and yes and no so you know like I I feel like I had some idea no fucking clue the level of pain like that was like you can't study that you can't read that in a book that is like an experience that you have and then you're like oh my god this is what this is so yes and no like I kind of knew generally but you know like my siblings and I talked about like we just had no idea we were like you know we had never had a loss like this ever Mm -hmm. and looking back on it too I'm like oh my god like I did not have the appropriate response to some people in my life that lost like oh my god yeah I completely relate to that like I just look back at so many people that I've met and encountered and was friends with that have had a significant loss and like you know there's just things I did that I really regret doing like not checking in on them as much as like because as someone who needs this someone to check in on like now I know that that's something that needs to be happening all the time and like doesn't matter how much past time has passed it's always nice to check in and yeah like just I don't know it's not just about showing up for the funeral is all I can say yeah you just don't know until you've experienced it yourself yeah you can't like you can't even try to understand it's you just don't know that level of pain yet you don't know that level of like isolation and sorrow yeah and it's like the worst kind of pain too because there's really no solution to this pain and that's what makes this pain so much worse because you just are like have to feel it and there's literally no comfort because you're just like this is forever which is really scary and daunting at first but I I mean as time goes on you kind of learn to manage it but Mm -hmm. it's definitely like intense pain and like we kind of talked about last episode like hopelessness because you're like is this ever going to go away this feeling I don't know yeah and that's real like that is so real and I'll say, like, I don't know if I answered the question fully because it was like yes and no, but I think the awareness of like, okay, this is what you might go through these different kind of like stages. It might hit you all of a sudden. You might not feel like yourself, like those kinds of things. I think I was like, first of all, 
I was fine with it. I'm like pretty comfortable with my emotions. I'm like, I don't know. I was like, okay, you need to like feel this. You need to experience it. You cannot put this off. You can't like, you know, just stay to yourself and not talk about it. Like you got to do what's best for you. So if I was angry, I'd be like super angry and I was fine. Like, so I think it helped that I like had that awareness and like, I kind of didn't view it as like, these are all bad emotions or these are like negative yeah. experiences. It was more like, okay, mm-hmm. accepting and like, you need to go through this because that's how it works. Right. Like you can't, and, you know, like spiritual bypassing, you can't like bypass grief because yeah. it's still going to be there. So, yeah. Um, because of all these losses happening so close together, were you kind of, or are you able to compartmentalize each individual loss and kind of separate them in your brain and, like grieve the losses individually so with that I think it was yes some compartmentalizing and because they were so close to each other I think it was a lot of like comparing like my dad's loss versus Mm -hmm. like my papa versus my nani because like you know even though they're both my grandparents like I did have a different relationship with either both of them like I was a lot closer with my nani and not in a bad way towards my papa but that's just kind of how it was mm-hmm. um so I definitely felt guilty if I was kind of like sad over one and grieving one and then if I was thinking about my nani but then I wasn't thinking about my dad I wasn't thinking about my papa right. it was kind of like a juggling act yeah, yeah. which that's, yeah that's normal I think that's harder. normal and I hear that often too like I mean at the end of the day our grief reflects the relationship that we had with that person while they were here so of course they're all going to look differently but it is natural to feel guilty for uh, you know when you're comparing how you feel about each individual one you know and if they weren't so compounded you probably wouldn't have been comparing them like that in the first place right yeah like that directly yeah because yeah so it was some of that but then it was I think a lot of it too was like because the loss like I said was the circumstances of their death were very different so even that was like something that like I felt I had a lot more strong feelings about my dad's passing because just of like how traumatic it was and like all of that but I think it actually like having like we talked about earlier like the natural progression of things is like you know, your grandparents are usually the first loss you experience and then like kind of outer people and then maybe your parents when they're older, you know, like, so to have my first loss experience be my dad, like someone so close, he was young and all this stuff. I think it actually like skewed my perspective on loss in general. I think now any other loss that happens in my life is just going to be like, not even incomparable to the to the pain that you felt with your dad I was also thinking that question but I didn't want to say it because it kind of sounds like I I don't know I was trying to think of like the right wording to ask that kind of question where it's like obviously your first loss being your dad is probably the most significant loss you know other than maybe losing like your other direct family members you know and then experiencing your grandparents who were kind of already at that age and stuff so it's like right directly in your face, like the levels. And it's like, I understand that guilt where you're like, oh, it doesn't mean that you don't love them as much or they don't mean as much to you, but 
that's your fucking dad, you know, and that in the way that it happened, the way that it was sudden, unexpected, and he was so young, like, it's just, I mean, it's completely natural, I think, to feel that way. But I also completely understand that, like, guilt that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And that having that so in front of your face. And also, I completely relate to because having experienced this loss, I feel like, I always say about like any bad thing that happens in my life, just like anything bad. I'm like, oh, this is nothing compared to what I experienced, you know? Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. I've had that same exact thought, actually. When you said that, I was like, yep, I literally have had that same thought because, yeah, everything that I went through with the loss of my mom, I don't think that any other pain will be more than the pain that I endured from the loss of her. Like. I don't, you know, I hope nothing like that ever happens again. I hope I don't have to endure pain like that ever again. But I know that this couldn't be anything worse than that. At least I don't want to believe that there could be anything worse than that. Yeah. And if there is, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because, I mean, I hear stories of, like, horrible things happening back to, like, trauma back to back. And it's just like why the fuck did these things happen like two horrible fucking things back to back I mean it's like terrifying to think that that shit happens in life yeah and then you also it's so bad to say but this like resentment towards other people who like haven't experienced one loss in the same time you're experiencing three losses you're like why the fuck am I experiencing all this right now when this bitch over here so (laughs) fucking mad when I see any like happy older woman with like her older daughter like her adult daughter I am like I would say irrationally mad but it is rational in my mind but like to other people probably like if I you know like (laughs) it's irrational but it is rational to me because I'm like it's just not fair like I don't understand like I see these people and I'm like why do they get to be but not like and like this same thing goes like for people who are like my age and they have their parents and their grandparents and I'm just like I have not had grandparents since I was like 10 like and then I don't have a mom now and I'm 23 like how is this fair how does this make sense why is this the cards that I got dealt exactly oh yeah but I was gonna say something else oh yeah so what I was gonna say about the comparison thing is that I think like obviously with the time frame that everything happened is like like right in your face so obviously you're gonna compare but I think at any point in your life when you experience any other loss you're gonna fucking compare and that's like an inevitable and that's just like how it's gonna go and there's no you know it's like I hate to say it but it's just gonna happen you know mm-hmm. yeah but that is like the shitty part about grief that like nobody really wants to admit because it's it feels bad it doesn't feel right to like put one person over another but that's just, just kind of like the reality of the situation yeah definitely understandable and like with my situation too all being it was like my dad and then his head then his dad then his mom it was like hard because I felt like I was losing more of him with each loss like Mm -hmm. yeah I was like damn like these are the other people Mm -hmm. in my life that are like the closest to him this is all I have left of him yeah. And like now they're gone too. Like it just felt like a bigger hole right. in my life. Just kept so. getting torn open, torn open. Yeah. Mm. 
along the lines of being torn open and torn open, like what, after the first loss, did you feel like you had enough time to like process it before another loss happened? Or were you feeling like, did you feel like kind of like, damn, I have to start this whole thing again? Or were you already just kind of in a state of shock and it just piled onto that? Um, so it had been six months when my papa died. So I think I was definitely out of the shock stage at that yeah. point. Um, but I definitely like wasn't fully processed. Like I still am not like I was thinking about like coming on here earlier and like talking about this and like, mm-hmm. like waves still hit me. Like things still surprise me about my grief. Um, so definitely not like at a good place. And then what even furthered it was like the funerals for me, like after my dad were like Mm -hmm. re-traumatizing and like re-triggering for all of us, (laughs) siblings and my mom. So, Mm -hmm. and I bet you felt guilty because you're like thinking of your dad's funeral while you're at your grandparents' funeral. Yeah. So it's like a weird thing, like to balance in your mind. Yeah. I mean, well that that's all. Yeah. Like Julia said, valid as fuck. And I mean, if, yeah there's just that's probably the only way that I would have been doing it too is thinking about my dad the whole time because (laughs) you know yeah it was yeah it was pretty much just like flashbacks to like that day um and I think I don't know maybe it was even worse I'm not really sure because like my dad's funeral I think I was still like pretty much in shock and like I don't know I felt like I had like no emotions like I was like a shell of a person like really numb but then by the time like my nine papa's funerals came around, I was like past that point, like the little like buffer you kind of get with that. And it was like super raw. And I was like, oh, this is like mm-hmm. really happening. Yeah. It's so weird to like feel that you're actually in that position, like in that funeral. When you have that realization moment where you're like, wow, I'm actually at this fucking person's funeral right now, you know? stepping outside of like that dissociation yeah it's weird because at my mom's funeral like I knew where I was and what I was there for because I didn't want to get out and I was crying like you know literally freaking out in the car right there but still you don't believe that it's happening like you know damn well what's happening but you still can't even believe it at the same time but anyway back to you um I want to talk about did your siblings grieve differently? How different did your grief look compared to theirs? And is that <laughs> very different? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm the oldest of five. So like the four oldest of us are like all in our 20s. Like I'm 26. My brothers are like in between. And then my sister is 21, 22. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my youngest brother, he was a surprise. He's 13. So oh, I know. It's Dang. like the saddest part of all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was super vocal about my grief. I was very like open about it, honest, vulnerable, like, and I was like, probably the only one that was like really in like anger. Like I was in, I was so angry for mm-hmm. so long. Like that was like the main thing I was tapped into. <laughs> uh, and, and Yeah. I mean, yeah, but anyway, so my siblings, like some of them just like don't talk about it, mm-hmm. which is like really hard for me because I'm the kind of person like, let's talk about it. Let's like 
feel yeah you're a counselor of course you are yeah it's like the counselor me I'm like all right let's just like work through this um yeah so that was hard um and then obviously with my youngest brother it was like you kind of have to be careful with that just because like with him at least I just like want to meet him where he was at so I didn't like push anything Mm -hmm. with him but um yeah I definitely was like the most outspoken and I would like you know if I was like having a moment I have a moment and like Mm -hmm. it was fine um but I had to and this isn't necessarily just my siblings but like my mom too Mm -hmm. I had to have like very frank conversations with some people in my life that were like look if this is what like I'm sharing or like I'm having a moment like I need you to just be there like this is how I'm grieving it's it's like and I have to like advocate like for myself and be like this is natural like this is normal yeah you know like totally like I can't like you can't say things to me that are trying to make me feel better like nothing's made me feel better like Mm -hmm. you cannot say anything that will make this better uh you can't fix it like don't try that it's just gonna piss me off (laughs) yeah like I just need you to be there and kind of validate and just kind of witness you know just be there during this did you have to like explain that kind of stuff to your friends too especially like the friend that you said who witnessed like the phone call and and everything like sounded like she and her boyfriend were there like they're there you know no she was amazing she's always been like solid throughout she yeah I've never had to like have that kind of conversation with her but other friends I've had to yeah um and then my other mom. people you like don't even want to exert that energy for you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well I'm so glad that you had a friend like that that sounds really yeah amazing. I was just gonna say that that person sounds really special and I'm glad they're in your life and she holding actually, it down like I was so I told her I was gonna be on this I didn't tell like anybody I told like one person like her and another friend and so I told them I was gonna be on this podcast and she started listening to, to your <laughs> podcast oh like, my god said, yeah that's she's really like, sweet oh my god she's like I was she does pottery she's like I was in my studio and I listened to the first four episodes and I was crying <laughs> oh I love it when people who aren't grieving listen because mm-hmm. that like adds a whole nother level of like power to the podcast because I'm like wow like we are actually grief educators now not only are we just like relating to people we're like actually trying to educate people too yeah sometimes in our episodes we talk to people too like, <laughs> we kind of like change the know, perspective like, yeah sometimes we're yeah, talking we're to the like, griever and sometimes we're talking yeah. to the supporter of the griever yeah so I'm glad right. that su- supporters of the griever actually are listening yeah that's really really meaningful and like I I'm really glad that she's like taking the time to like listen because that's all awesome. I mean she already knows because you're so close to her what the effects of like grief can look like and how we grieving people think and stuff like that but for people who don't have anyone close to them like it's such a foreign space you know mm-hmm. so lots to be learned there for sure yeah and I think it's one thing to like talk about it from a distance is like kind of like an academic or like a research thing like this is what grief is and these are the stages but to listen to like your stories and like how real and just like honest you guys are I think that gives so much insight into like how intense it is and like the actual experience of grief so yeah 
yeah sometimes like when I listen back especially to the first episode where we're just talking about what happened like I will be explaining something and to me like the memory is vivid in my head right like I remember exactly how it felt but I will just like explain it as you know whatever I'll just use a couple adjectives for it but I'm like this still doesn't encompass like how horrible it was like this doesn't encompass like my world spinning and me like screaming bloody murder in front of my friend's house and like this didn't like nothing can encompass it and like sometimes it's like frustrating because I'm like did I explain it good enough because like yeah it's not just pain like it is so much more but I mean again like we said like you don't know till you really know so for now all I have is adjectives because there was no documentary camera next to me (laughs) although I have seen some shows and movies where they have done those like pretty well and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ I can't look at this right now yeah (sighs) but what are some things that possibly gave relief to you in these times or some ways that you've learned to cope or just anything that kind of relieved all your grief symptoms your grief your anger that kind of thing yeah that's a good question so I'll give you the counselor answer and then I'll give you what I actually did (laughs) (laughs) so because they're very different um and even you know like even being a counselor being exposed to this stuff like we've talked about you don't you have no idea until you go through it and how you're actually going to react and how you're you're actually going to cope so I would say a huge thing from a counseling standpoint and just like as a human is to be like you know okay with your emotions be okay with experiencing them know that they're not bad they're normal there's no rules to grief which I think I'm just like saying everything that you guys always talk about but um just to reiterate like I'm glad we're doing it right then because you're a counselor (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, I mean there are no rules to grief it's you know it's do what's best for you um self-care is huge if any time in your life you should prioritize it it is now and for however long you need to um I mean some things I've done with my students I guess I can share are like memory books or making something creating something like either with your hands or like doing something like that that's like a physical act and also like a visual thing that you can look back on I think can be helpful for a lot of people because like we talked about earlier it's really hard to put into words yeah the experience so sometimes that's a way for people to process a little more and make meaning out of it and you know it's totally usually like a overall positive experience for people even if you know it's really sad doing it Mm -hmm. but yeah so one last thing I would add to that is you know whatever you're doing to honor your person again no rules it's just kind of like whatever feels right and it can be like the smallest thing you can like kind of make little rituals or you can make the smallest thing something special and meaningful like it doesn't have to be a big thing mm-hmm. um so yeah, yeah like doing for, things they enjoy that's like yeah, totally. true for example um one of the guests we had tessa she like goes to get dairy queen to get chocolate milkshakes and it's like a really small thing but that's like her way to feel connected to her dad because her dad loved them so it's something small like that you know doesn't have to be like a big move where you have to like make a whole day out of it or something exactly 
But what's me, your response? Like, I want to know what was your response. Oh yeah, was that, that your counselor? Counsel- okay, that was your counselor response. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and something response. that's both like counselor and my response is just talking about my dad like all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah, just totally whatever like when people ask me about him that's like my favorite thing because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like oh my god I get to talk about him and it's like Aww. you know like that's the only thing we have now yeah true is, so yeah anytime it's like like even the smallest things it's like oh my god that was his favorite song like my dad loved this song <laughs> and like a lot of times I'll just say it like he's still alive like oh my god my dad loves the song or like yeah. he you know like whatever that's just like a random example but do you like experience people getting kind of weird after you say something like that like oh my my dad loved this or something like that oh yeah people get like super uncomfortable and they don't know how to react (laughs) they're like I do not care I'm just like that's that's not my don't let it stop you yeah no definitely (laughs) do not let it stop you it does affect me though for me like when that happens to me I'm just like my god this is so awkward not me I mean, I just like think, you know, this should be talked about more and it should be normalized because everyone goes through it. Like, I don't understand how we're not just talking about this all the time. I know, right? That is why we started this podcast. (laughs) Exactly. I totally agree with you. I think, I mean, everything that we do in the name of this podcast is to literally normalize all of this. And I don't want to feel weird about being like, oh my God, like my mom loved this without people being like oh yeah and you know what that kind of goes into like literally telling people I have a grief podcast I kind of feel like always like (laughs) I always kind of feel like I don't know how they're gonna react to this they're whenever I'm like I have a podcast they're like what's it about and I'm like it's about grief and they're like why and I'm like because I (laughs) lost my dad (laughs) it's always like so uncomfortable I don't know but I need to uh, we need to like move past that feeling because that's yeah for sure what we need to get at yeah I mean most of the time when I tell people I have a grief podcast I'm like all right like I'm going straight into it like yeah I, I have a grief podcast and then depending on like some people have been like oh and then that's it and then some people are like oh my god like that's so cool and then they ask me about it yeah and most like, people okay. are, are the altar where they're like that's really cool and blah 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 you know yeah whether I mean, they mean it know. or not I feel but, like it's like 50-50 for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. I would say more like 50-50 for me too. Whenever I like have mentioned him or like talk about him, it's like, it goes either way. That's but. true. Yeah. It's so, yeah, once, it's one honestly of my laughable. Like, I don't even know how to like respond to that. I'm like, okay, fuck you. <laughs> That's so rude. <laughs> cause I, yeah, I think it was like more, cause it was like, a, a, no, actually not think about it. I think I was making more of like a dead mom joke. Oh, oh. So I, I think that's more okay. But still, I was like, let me make my fucking dead mom joke. Like, the fuck up. Yeah, but it's like, <laughs> am I allowed to laugh? Like, I didn't earn the right to laugh at this joke. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah, like, no. And then if they laugh a little too hard, you're like, why'd you laugh so hard? Like, all right, stop, hold on, stop laughing. That joke wasn't for you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, let's talk about what you do versus your counseling okay, yeah. answer. Um. So yeah, a lot of what I did. I would not recommend to my students, but I think it's just the reality of like how to get through shit like this. Um, So a lot of dissociating, a lot of like doom scrolling. Mm -hmm. TikTok was like my best friend, like literally after work, immediately in bed, TikTok. 
like and redo the next day like that was and they would be like are you sure you you know those tiktoks that are like are you sure you're spending enough time doing other things for way too long now (laughs) yeah yeah and I'm like okay (laughs) (laughs) I'm like no it's just not enough yet I'm gonna keep (laughs) I don't feel better yet so I'm gonna keep doing it (laughs) yeah 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 but it was a lot of that in the beginning just like numbing and distracting then after my papa died like it kind of like snapped something in me I don't know what happened but uh I went on like a little bit of an eat pray love situation (laughs) (laughs) where I had like this whirlwind relationship it was like this person was moving and I was like I don't care we'll just make the most of it in like these two months and I went to like six concerts in like a month and a half I was just like always doing something I was like going out all the time which is not like I'm like an introvert like that's not me wow um I was like I I never (laughs) I was like trying different like substances like I never tried for nothing like crazy but like the shrooms yeah me too. no it was legal I was in Denver so it was legal. okay <laughs> disclaimer disclaimer she was in a legal state guys <laughs> you can't say anything I was like trying to like feel something anything yeah. just like have all these crazy like experiences um and then it all kind of crashed after my nani died and I came back home and it was just like holy shit and now I'm in that part where like I had the craziness and I'm just kind of like trying to level back out so So you're in the leveling out stage now yeah the trying to actually focus on it and not avoid it and not do all this stuff to like run from it Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah yeah but I definitely feel something along similar too. like first the first stage for me was more like just dissociation and sadness dissociation should be a stage of grief like yeah how is it not right it was like numbness but then if I'm not numb I'm so sad yeah but I also felt like the I felt a lot of derealization Mm -hmm. like heavy like I could not I just felt like I was in a movie but it wasn't like I wasn't even there like I was watching it all occur it just was like the worst movie ever and I was like when is this movie gonna end because <laughs> I I really relate to what you were saying Hannah about like especially in the beginning where you just get what you need to get done get home from school or work and then go sit on TikTok and like I was definitely doing the same thing but it really took me a long time to pull myself out of that like routine because I'm like okay actually I need to get off TikTok and deal with my life right now yep yeah and for you you went into the eat pray love for me what did I do I guess I started this podcast (laughs) (laughs) but like everything else I still go on TikTok you know like it's a way it's like it's it's a circular like it's a balance you're finding a balance between doing this podcast and going on TikTok yeah I will go on TikTok right after we film this (laughs) exactly honestly that's we will all be on TikTok but yeah it's weird though I just realized as I was sharing this with you guys there's like literally each kind of like different stage was like in between each death it was like my dad's death this was like what I did then my papa died and like I did the crazy whatever everything and then my nani died and now it's just kind of like 
a balance and like actually dealing with it yeah so that like just clicked which i don't know i'll have to look into that (laughs) yeah that that timeline is really update us on that one yeah (laughs) that's a really interesting um i cannot cannot think of words today (laughs) i know what is the word insight I yeah, yeah, yeah. such a hard time and I feel like I'm freaking always talking over you Julia we always talk over we both we honestly both do it's so bad it's so bad you know I've been editing out the parts where I talk over you so there's like <laughs> that's why it's also not doing that anymore <laughs> oh really I actually kind of noticed that because I was like it sounds like her mic is off yeah sometimes yeah if you watch the YouTube videos there's parts where I'm like but there's like <laughs> watch that now I want to see that that's really no. funny <laughs> no I revealed too much but okay yeah. I also want to ask yeah. you thing which is what would you want people to like know about compounded grief and cumulative grief is there any like stigmas that you want to break down what are some things that you want to like the people to know yeah final takeaways about compounded grief we're like so- myths to bust <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know really anything before this about like what it would be or I don't to be honest I don't know a lot of people who have had multiple losses Mm -hmm. so I would say like I guess the biggest takeaways are like try not to feel guilty about like the comparisons I know I that's like basically I've been talking about I was like I was feeling guilty and and it was really shitty but you know at the same time I was like okay I understand this is not my fault I didn't choose any of this this is what happened it's not like I love them any less. It's just, that's how dynamics are. And that's just what it is. Um, and to be like gentle with yourself, like be aware of like, okay, if you're having multiple losses in a very short period, like double down on the self-care, um, yeah. be aware that it might be triggering to go through that. A lot of like the same, like the funeral and all of that um, support is huge especially when you're experiencing multiple losses, it's like very overwhelming to the system. So definitely reach out for support. Um, And in terms of myths, like grief is grief, whether it's one loss, two loss, three, four, five, like it's, it's all grief and it can be looked differently in different stages, but it's all like the same kind of thing that you have to, Mm -hmm. to go through and experience. So that'd be, it's not a very, concise no. takeaway but that's no I thought, no, that, was I thought that was very concise no, that was really good <laughs> actually my la- my second to last question I was just reminded did you see your own therapist as a counselor like did you seek help from someone else or did you kind of just look inward oh no I'm like fully supportive like everyone should be in counseling <laughs> uh it's like I don't know. It's I don't feel like it's it's never really harmful. If anything, it's like a support. And I yeah. So after my dad died, I did reach out like maybe a month or two later, um, just because I knew I'm like this is a lot. I've never experienced this kind of pain and and all of it before. So um, even before kind of like the like shock wore off, I was already like preemptively like okay, I'm gonna probably need this support. Um, and I'm very open about it. Like pretty much everyone in my life knows like I'm seeing a counselor for the multiple losses that just kept happening Uh so yeah yeah okay good yeah I always have to add something about therapy in every single episode I feel like love it (laughs) but yes go to therapy everyone (laughs) we are always saying just seek seek it out seek help at least try it out yeah just try it 
there's no harm and I, in, and I know it can be hard to like find yeah. someone that and also you know, affordability is a thing too mm-hmm. absolutely it's not affordable for a lot of people mm-hmm. but a you lot. know we always like to say like if you're a student too the there's resources you can take advantage of while you're a student maybe your job offers healthcare. I don't know if that's really covered but just try to find out you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah a lot of people do sliding scales what so if a sliding scale mm-hmm. um so like if you don't have insurance coverage or like if you do have insurance but that like specific therapist doesn't take it or there's different circumstances for that but um so say they through your insurance they would charge your insurance like a hundred dollars for like the hour oh they would do a sliding scale for you and you'd have to pay out of pocket like your insurance isn't going to cover it but it would be a reduced rate so like like half the price so like 40 or 50 so oh my god that's really nice yeah yeah so and just, then also there's and so- all these apps that are coming out lately. Yeah, I was like, just gonna say like BetterHelp, Talk or whatever. Cerebral. Cerebral. Yeah. There's another talk space. Yeah, talk all space. those. All right, I think it's time for our final question. Finally, it is your turn to just dive into all things your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, and just tell us all about them and who they were, what they love to do, everything. This is my favorite part because I love talking about them. Us too. <laughs> um, yeah, so they were all French. Um, that's kind of like maybe like a special thing about them. My nanny and papa were born in Canada, so they're like dual, dual citizens. Um, and so my dad and them were all bilingual. They did not teach me, which I'm bummed <laughs> about. <laughs> but it was really cool like growing up and going to family reunions and they would like all be speaking French and like I'd ask my dad stuff all the time like, how do you say this and how do you say that? That was really cool. Um, we had a camp in Canada. Um, my papa like built it back in the 50s. It was right in the lake. And we literally spent like every summer there. My dad grew up there like during the summer. It was his absolute favorite place on this planet. Like mm-hmm. that was his space. Um he, he loved the water, he loved boating, like that was his thing. Like he always said if he had like could go back and like pick another career, um, he would try to like open his own marina and like do that kind oh of thing. God, that's and, so fun. Yeah. So um, and he actually was like, so he was two years away from retirement and he was going to buy like a kind of like a bigger like houseboat thing and like kind of sail down the east coast and like hit North Carolina where I was and like other parts of Florida and like he was just kind of like kind of like an adventurous guy like like doing stuff like that but yeah that like my nani and papa they were all super close that was their baby (laughs) um but yeah they were it's like I love talking about it but I get emotional of course we were all super close and I miss them a lot Mm -hmm. so Thank you so much for sharing. That was really beautiful. And your dad just seems like so awesome. And we always say like, we wish we could get to like fucking meet, you know. I know. After every time I hear someone talk about their loved one that they lost, I'm like, why couldn't like all of our parents meet? Like this sucks. Like they all seem so amazing. Like just reminds you of the the reality of it. Yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on and sharing your perspective about everything. And you said everything so well. You were so well-spoken. And yeah, it just meant a lot to have you on. So thank you so much for taking your time and being with us today. Thank you guys so much. Literally, I like you were like the people that like I feel like I like went through with from the beginning. Um, so like I said, it's like so cool to be here. And I appreciate this opportunity so much to be able to share about my family and my experience. So thank yeah. you guys. Of course. of course. Well, thank you guys for joining us. We'll see you next week. See you next week.